Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Origin Story, where we dive into the story of how your favorite YouTubers built their channels. I'm Mike. And I'm JP, and today we're joined by David Manning. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Good, man. Very good. I have Excited a good... to talk to you guys. Yeah, I have a really good feeling about this. We have we talked a long time ago, and uh, I'm excited to get this one on the books. So, yeah. for those who don't know David Manning, David Manning is the face of his self-titled YouTube channel. But he's much more than that. He's a father, a surfer, a techie, a husband, and a photographer. His love for photography and outgoing personality helps to create engaging videos that teach you about photography and how to make your videos better. His channel is home to 195,000 subscribers, easily growing past that, and his 233 videos have been watched over 8.5 million times. Check out the links below to his social media and check out his merch where you can support Be A Good Human, a real brand to get behind. Thank you so much for your time today, David. I'm really stoked to have you on the podcast. Thank you, guys. I'm stoked we're here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Stoked you're finally doing it, man. <clears throat> Seriously, I yeah. feel like we talked ages ago, and uh, in that time, I grew a mustache. It's crazy. I'm very excited <laughs> that you grew a mustache for me. Uh, that was that was the thing that I missed the most the first time you and I talked was was you not having a mustache. I might have been clean-shaven or like... You were, in, you were entirely clean-shaven, yeah. and all I had seen on your on this this show so far was you with a big mustache and i was like oh cool and then you popped up and i was like who's this guy i don't know who this man is i've never seen him i think him. the mustache should just be like a, a staple for the show it, a lot of dynamic range it, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely got some legs my dad had a really gnarly mustache and uh when i when i like facetime my mom to show my son we were like playing and she's like what is on your face and i was like that's a mustache. <laughs> you married a man with a mustache but that is uh that is more than what those who are listening want to hear they're here for you and um and how you got yourself onto youtube it's got to be a really cool story yeah, well, I mean, it was it's a it's a 2020 story, man. Like it's a it's a pandemic story. That's kind of what what happened. I've been a professional photographer for now 13 years. Uh, 2000 March of 2008 is when I started, so we're coming up on 13 years right now. Uh, yeah. And what's what's so crazy and, and what's what's been so wild about 2020 really is that in that 13 years, like like any anybody that's started their own business, run their own businesses, has, can tell you is like the first few years, there's a lot of income insecurity. You know, like you're like, <clears throat> are we are we gonna make enough this month? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Like you're, you're so up in the air. But then as you go deeper and deeper into any career, especially if you've stuck with it for 13 years, like the last, I don't know, seven years have not been easy, but have been like, I, I haven't had income insecurity for easily seven years, like for seven years, like I know certain people are going to send people my way. I know like that my referral network is just going to kind of, kind of continue to pump. Um, so when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, <clears throat> being, being just a photographer, um, suddenly everything dried up. So I mainly shoot like high end weddings, um, yeah. big weddings, like 300 guests kind of thing. Uh, sometimes cool travel destinations, things like that. And last year, 2020 was supposed to be uh, 26 weddings. And they were all like all 26 were like these just huge weddings. I was it was gonna be my best year ever. And I was super pumped on it. And when the pandemic started, 
three days after like full lockdown went into to effect, it was like, I think it was like a Thursday or Friday that we went full lock Monday morning. I have just got a ton of emails oh, and man. that next like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 23 of the 26 weddings either canceled or rescheduled um, to, to 2021. And, and in, in that business, I accept a deposit from somebody like a year, year and a half before their wedding. Right. Uh, so then I don't get paid again until 60 days before their wedding. So suddenly, like within that week, it was like, oh, I have three weddings on the books for this entire year right now. Uh, and it was like in income insecurity just went boom and hit me. And I was like, oh, oh, like what, what am I going to do? And like talking with my wife for a little bit. <clears throat> and I had this, this YouTube channel that was like a total side project. And it was making 400 bucks a month at the time. And uh, in, in like S San Diego, uh, terms our rent is 2700 a month uh so this definitely little, not youtube, YouTube covered yeah so this little youtube channel making 400 a month i went to my wife and i was like babe we're locked down we can't go do anything else i am going to just double down on this channel like that's all i'm going to do until i'm able to go back and do photography again and it's and it's been a while like it's been it's i still like this year even 2021 so many because a lot of these weddings are so big that even when they're saying, hey, yeah, you can have a wedding now because we're open, but you can only have 75 guests. It's never going to cut it for them. They're still pushing it off. So yeah. there's weddings from like early 2020 that are now moving to early 2022. Wow. Like yeah. they're, they're pushing it off that far just to make sure that everything's clear and everything's totally open. Uh, so it's been it's been crazy. Well, so I, there was we have a whole under, section under, dedicated to this. I don't want to go too do, deep down the road. Oh, yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah, understandably. Understandably, uh, I got engaged uh, March 1st of 2020. So, <laughs> no kidding. Oh, pushing yeah. out weddings, I've been doing that. Um, and and while you're okay, so let's say you know now so you're, you're not married that. yet. Not yet. No, not married yet. It's coming up. Looking for a wedding photographer, I'm sure. You know, a good one. You know, I might know one here or there. Um, no, um, but I I think <laughs> this is what's important. Okay, so the the income uh, insecurity. Let's yeah. just let's dive right back in. Let's talk sure. about started making some income you grew up in california first job child model oh wow yeah. how did you know that you child posted model. it on your channel did i say that on my channel at some point yeah wow, you did. that was you really even, good research you even pulled this out headshots like, um, actually i have something to show you while we're we keep going on that? this yeah <laughs> we, who's that guy um hot hot wings what's his john name john evans john evans hot yeah wings. you just yeah, pulled I mean, john evans on me he's the best of the best but i mean he's we're talking the best about of the best but that was like that was a moment. Right Let's dive into the childhood. Let's talk about the residual checks from this childhood modeling. Tell us about wouldn't, this. Dude, wouldn't no. that be great? Uh, it was due to, I was actually back in Michigan when I was okay. a kid. And and uh, I don't remember any of it. I just have like these really random pictures. And like, I do remember when I was a little kid, I got to go and we went to like a, this, cause I was on a billboard for this ad for like a hospital or something like that. And I had like some random lady with her arms around me. Cause I was her <laughs> yeah. big child. Your fake and parents. I just remember seeing my face on a billboard as like a little kid and being like, "All right, that's cool." Was that <laughs> was that cooler to see yourself on a billboard or to see yourself in like I think it was a in like some kind of ad ad that you were wearing a Batman suit, which was your oh that, that was a mall ad mall was ad. a Batman yeah. suit one. That's right. Okay, that's where this was yeah. on the channel. I was like, when did I say this? I forget what I've ever was. admitted that terrible yeah. idea, David. 
<laughs> I, I attempted. I attempted my best bet. But, oh, uh, you did too. Yep, but I did not ever get casted, so it's not as cool. What as uh, you. what age were you at that point? I don't know. No, I mean, uh, young enough to be or old <laughs> enough to be. Yeah, that, uh, there's last year. Um, so I did have like a second recurrence of this whole thing. Like, like that was, I, I must have been like six or seven when that all happened. But then when I was like 18, 19, I was like, I'm gonna go be an actor in LA. And me and my buddy Jake were, we were like, oh, like this is what we're gonna do. We went up there like looking for apartments and everything. And then, and then somehow, I don't even know how the heck I even heard of it. I heard of this new show called Veronica Mars that was actually filming in San Diego. And so I went and I was, I was an extra on Veronica Mars, which is where Kristen Bell got her start. No way. Okay. Yeah. So got to hang out with Kristen Bell back in the day and. I was like one of the oh nine. I was like one of the cool kids for like the bad group, but I was an extra. So I had like in like the year and a half I was in with that. I think I had two lines the entire time. So Wait, you I did it for a year like, and a half like, as an extra. Pretended to talk like, but I did get residuals from Veronica Mars for like four years. Damn. I, yeah, I, I, I get why why actors like when you see like an actor like on a show like. I mean, Friends is like a ridiculous thing, like Modern Family or something, like a show that does really well. You go, oh, they're set for life. Like, they'll just keep getting checks forever. Because I had two lines and I was getting like, I mean, nothing, but maybe like 40, 50 bucks a month for yeah, like yeah. two years. Lines for two lines, though. That's, yeah, that's lines. literally, that's probably like $8 a word. That's what I'm saying. Could you imagine so, if the yeah. people from Modern Family are getting $8 a word? That's insane. Yeah, well... But the problem with it all is that you look at acting and you look at something like YouTube and you go, it's the same, it's about the same percentage of people that ever find like real success. Yeah. You know, like there, you can make a living. And I think like, that's kind of where I'm at right now where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like making a living doing this. Like this is actually like now. So in that, in that period between photography, pretty much getting turned off and, and YouTube really kicking up i'm gonna pause you because i don't want to yeah, get yeah. ahead of ourselves because we, oh, we yeah, yeah. we'll get to a whole section as we move to youtube and, and get there oh, i love it so the so when when you were on veronica mars is that you you had moved to san diego from michigan get down here and yeah, then I moved down here when i was 12 when so you were 12 I, okay that's what and I, i'm 37 okay. now so i was i've been here for 25 years that's crazy to say 25 years is a long time to be years in a in single san diego, yeah in a single that's city a so when you got there when you were 12, is that when you fell in love? Because there's a different culture in Michigan than there is in San Diego. And, yeah. you know, Michigan, you might have maybe become like a hockey player or something else. But now well, you're a hockey player. There you go. You're very astute. And so you 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 now have a passion for like skateboarding and surfing and action mm -hmm. sports. Is that is San Diego what brought that out in you? Or how did you 100%. develop those? Yeah. Yeah. I've got I. <laughs> I've got a really great story about moving to San Diego. Um, I won't go fully into it, but basically I came from Chicago. So I was like, like we went, I was born in Cincinnati and we lived in Detroit for, for a bit, like seven years, Chicago for like three years. <clears throat> and then we came straight from Chicago to San Diego. So when I came out to San Diego, I was wearing like, at the time this wasn't cool, but like a Russell hoodie and like basketball shorts and like not even Jordans, like Reebok, like just like basketball shoes. Like it was, what was cool in the Midwest was you were an athlete. Yeah. So out there, like all I was, all I was 
thinking was like, I'm just trying to be an athlete, trying to be a good athlete, trying to be a good athlete. <clears throat> and then I came here and realized that nobody wore that. Everybody had like Hurley and Quicksilver and all. And I was also 12. So I was mesmerized by like the surf culture, you know, like I can remember my dad because he came on here like maybe a month before us got got the condo that we were going to live in while our house was being built set up um and then he came and he picked me my mom and my brother up at the airport and he had rented a convertible mustang right so and this is like it's march so it's still pretty chilly back in in illinois and uh we fly out we land at the san diego airport we come out my dad's got a convertible mustang here <laughs> picks us up we go cruising down harbor drive with all these palm trees and the sail and i'm just like oh this is incredible like i was i was blown away like i surfed i surfed the day after i got here it was my first time like in the water with a surfboard what was the break you went to del mar 11th street oh nice or 15th street i guess at the time because we walked straight down from the, the grass right there so like yeah, like being, I think just being a 12 year old, like you're at such an influential period that seeing, seeing what was San Diego, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Like, this is everything I saw in the movies. I think I was just drawn to it like right away. Like, I got, I got a skateboard. I begged my mom to buy me a pair of Airwalks so I could not have, because Airwalks was the jam at the time. So I wouldn't have like my dorky shoes. And like, she got me a couple Hurley shirts and like, like my mom, my mom, my parents were super supportive of like, oh, you don't fit in in this new land we just brought you to. Whatever you need, <clears throat> we'll make it so you fit in. Yeah. And well, Russell, Russell is a very that that makes total sense. That would wouldn't, wouldn't trickle down to San Diego because that that's like the quintessential hockey bag. I feel like Russell yeah. bag was that, and then they made like they made the hoodie that has like the I don't know, it's got like the same size uh, drawstring, but it was like a. I don't know what what is that yeah, like? Totally. and like like russell and like champion like yeah. those were like the cool brands yeah. back then and and it's crazy because now like i was just at tilly's the other day and champion is now like a cool brand yeah but when's back russell back. gonna make their when's russell coming I back don't know <laughs> i don't yeah. know if they will that'd be tough uh, <laughs> you went in because like action sports are just kind of taken off too by the time yeah. you moved there it's like yeah skating. yeah i mean it was it was 96 when we moved out here yeah so 96 like like i remember like next start Right no, the X game. I think. The, I mean, I don't know if they'd started yet. I just remember that the the X games when Tony Hawk did the 900 was like just a couple years after I was here. I think it was 99. It was 99. So, like the I next, think so. Yeah, something like that. I can just like I remember like I was extremely influenced by like surf skate culture and like the extreme sports. Like that's yeah. I just I loved it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm in San Diego. I'm gonna do it. And then yeah, I, I dove in. Yeah, I still in Mecca. What your friends back home think when you went and visited them? I didn't. That's the weird yeah, thing. Is like, the... It was well, it was '96. Like you think back yeah. to '96. Like there's no Facebook. There's no yeah. like, yeah. like you had like a phone number, and I was a 12 year old. So like I'm not gonna call my buddy on the phone at 12 years old and be like, "Hey man, how are you?" Like, right. The chances of us ever even seeing each other again, you know, are pretty slim. Um, and we didn't have family in Chicago or Detroit. Our family's in Cincinnati, so like we never oh. had a reason to go back to those places. And yeah, I like just totally lost touch with those people until Facebook came back around, by the way, in yeah, like oh five oh six, And then all of a sudden, like all these rekindled friendships popped back up. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The benefits yeah. of social media there, but yeah, some, you know, some silver linings. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, so I guess 
like passions for cameras also came up too. Did that, did any of that come about within like that skating action sports world? Like were you making videos or anything like that? What, like what got you I was trying as much as I could, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the, the tools for it. I remember my parents, cause also like digital cameras weren't even really much of a thing yet. No. And if you had one, it was like super expensive. I remember my parents bought a like Fuji, Fuji film digital camera. I think it was 4.2 megapixels which was like at the time, like, oh my gosh, it's got four megapixels. And it was this really weird, like tall shape. It was really odd. It was like the weirdest camera ever. I got to use it for like a week and then I dropped it one time. Not even like hard. Like it was like, and I was like, oh crud. And I picked it up, broken, dead, killed it. My parents were like, nope, we're not getting another one. (laughs) Oh man. Um, So I used like tons of like point and shoot, like wind up cameras. I yep. took like that's where like my love of photography really started with with wind up cameras, um, and then later on my parents had some video cameras and stuff like that, and I would go out and I would try to film skate stuff and whatnot. But I think at the time too, I always thought I was going to be the athlete. Like I was like, I'm going to be that, you know, like someone else is going to film me kind of thing. And then later I was like, oh no, like I actually really like the filming part. Like I like the camera part. Yeah. So a lot less risk. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> well, then also like people started doing crazy stuff like yeah, like yeah. the x games propelled things so much faster than anything else that you were like sure. this five-year-old is doing kick flips off of five stair and you're like okay never mind yeah, i'll let other people do that especially yeah. you get a little bit older you're like all right what's realistic and what's not <laughs> yeah <laughs> figure that out pretty quick um, yeah, yeah that's true well, i guess when when was your first gopro oh man that, high school i think it was high school i yeah. so i had the one I had the one where it was like it mounted like on your wrist. Yeah. And then you would like undo the tether and the thing would like pop up. And the idea was it was like you were on the wave and that's how you would be able to have a camera on the wave. It was like it was like a wrist mounted thing, but it was laying like on its back. That makes sense, like shooting straight up. Yeah. And right. then you would you would like undo the tether and that would like help it pop up and then you could shoot with it. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was like I, I almost want to say it was before the digital one. That one might have been a film. I'm going to have to look this up to figure out which yeah, one that might, was. might have to. I don't know what the first GoPro looks like. I need to look at it. And we'll probably dive into some more GoPro stuff a little bit later. But I was curious yeah. about, you know, that, how that, you know, came about and like that love for photography. Yeah, like I, think, I think the GoPro was always just, that's the stuff that I like to do. Mm-hmm. And they were, I mean, they have still been like the leaders in capturing that stuff. Right. Yeah. Although I've, I've kind of been hard on them lately. Yeah, yeah. It, but there's, but there's there's so much competition when it was the go when it was the original gopro i, I would even say like GoPro. through like the first three iterations or four there was zero competition yeah like sony <clears throat> sony had one that was like it was good but it was like the it was like the pc to gopro's mac yeah like mm-hmm. the zoom like it was hard to use it was kind of funky it was like a weird so the sony action like, cam the Sony action cam. Yeah. But it was like one of the first ones that was coming out and it was just, yeah, right. and everyone was like, it's so much better. It's so much better. But like, it wasn't easy to use, which just made it not better. Um, yeah. And and then Sony, I don't know. They, I think they still got one, but they really don't do much with it. No, they don't really pump no. it very much, but there's a couple of snowboarders that, that use them. I think, I don't know. They're, they, they might be sponsored though by them. So who's that? They're, I, I'm not sure. Um, who they are. I had a buddy who does some like professional snowboarding slash filming and stuff. And I think he used a ton of Sony action cams. Yeah. Them. They were like the long a... cylinder one, right? Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like long. So like when it mounted, it like mounted like on your thing like that. Yeah, yeah, like a rifle scope almost in a way. Yeah, but then if you tried to mount it like centered anywhere, it was like this weird <laughs> thing sticking out. Of your, it was very odd. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. the GoPro had, they had they had a great idea, and they really did open that that category. And so, I mean, it, it's such a cool, cool idea, which truly, really developed after the major innovations in digital cameras. Um, and they're only going to help push the, the whole world now to create more acceptable and usable digital cameras for everyone. So another... Yeah, and that's like the, the cool thing now is like now there's competition. Like yes. Now there's real competition in the market, which is just making things so much better. Like GoPros have just kind of incrementally crept along, kind of always knowing they were the best. And now... Now there's like other big players in the market that are that are. I've been saying it quietly, but if GoPro doesn't do something big with the Hero Ten, I think they're in trouble. Yeah, and hopefully and they like do. Accessibility, it's it's cheaper now. To, it's more affordable for people to get into mm -hmm. these cameras. Um, so it's good. I like the way the competition's driving it. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Good for us. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I literally I was talking. We were talking before. No, somewhere over here, there's a GoPro right there. And I would yeah. try to get it as the camera on the set tonight for the video, but it's a Hero Six, and the software won't allow it to do that. Yeah. So many, so much nonsense. So then I would, I, it was like a a, a great thing because I started watching a bunch of your videos to like determine which one, which camera I would want to get, and I really, really hope and look forward to the Osmo Action too. Oh, geez, if, that's gonna. So that's that's the one that I think is gonna be. I, I what I'm curious about is if if Osmo waits until GoPro Hero releases 10. the 10 yeah. before they yeah. drop it because they've got no reason to drop it right now. Like, and, and this is it's kind of my point behind GoPro and the issue with GoPro as a company is they're kind of a one product company. Like they have they have the 360 camera, they have the Max, but that's not like that's a tiny percentage of what they sell. They sell the GoPro Hero 9 Black. Yeah, like that's it. So if they come out next year with Hero 10. And then like a month later or like two weeks later, like like Sony did to Canon with this last release of big cameras. Uh, if they just come out like two weeks later and they're like, Osmo Action 2, so much better than the Hero 10. And $150 less. Less. Because yeah. they could. Because DJI has all these other products that their company's bankrolled on. It's yeah. like, you know, like, like Amazon takes a hit on a bunch of stuff because they have Amazon Web Services. So like their, their retail side hasn't been, it wasn't profitable for most of its existence. I think just recently Amazon retail became profitable, but it's because they have web services that's like the majority of their business that no one really yeah. thinks about. So they can leverage that and take losses on the retail side and it's actually good for the business. Yeah. Well, DJI can do that with any single product. They can be like, well, we're gonna take a loss on this, but that'll actually help us with taxes and things like that. So we'll take a loss and we'll crush GoPro at the, at the same time. And that, it's my theory. And it's once you get into the ecosystem, you are starting to use one individual app for potentially where GoPro tried with drones. You know, oh, you could have your action camera, throw up your drone, mm -hmm. all the footage is in one app, and you can edit through that whole kind, or at least pre-edit what you need to. It's yeah. a, it, it is, it's a tricky thing for GoPro because be they can't, they can't fight it. Camera. They tried with drones and people got... That's that's not neither here nor there on where we want yeah. to go, but so um, just to push us forward a little bit, yeah, you you kind of are growing up in the 
San Diego area, finding your passions for cameras and for photography and for skateboarding in that world. But then when you were like 18 years old, you decided to start a coffee company. Yeah. And it was not just a regular coffee company like Beans, right? You started a mobile coffee company. And can you speak a little bit more about like the the journey to start that and then where you got the entrepreneurial spirit from? Yeah, sure. So my my parents have like always had that spirit. Like my ever since I was like a little kid, I can remember my parents having one project or my dad always had like a corporate job, but then he always had some side project that him and my mom were like working on and like hustling for and they would go to trade shows and they would go do all this different stuff for it. And uh, so I I think I just kind of always saw that growing up and I always realized like, oh, there's much more out there than just go to college, get a job, you know, do do all the right things, climb the ladder and when you're 65, you can go travel. Um, I think I was because of them, I, I saw that. And then once we moved to San Diego, so my dad, like he was national food sales. So he hopped all these different companies would, you know, hire him. So he, he would kind of move up, but to a different company. So one of those companies moved us out here. And then they also want, then they, like a year later, they wanted to move us to Missouri. Ooh. I want to say Missouri somewhere like where my dad went, no, like we really like it here. And he quit and he started his own thing. So since I was probably 14, 15 years old, my dad's had his own business. Um, so I think seeing that was always really inspirational. Just kind of broke the mold for me a little bit. Like I had like a real world, someone starting from zero and going, hey, I'm going to work my butt off and build something out of this. And just, yeah, like seeing my dad and my mom do that was was super, super inspirational. And then the coffee company, I, I worked at Starbucks in high school. That was like, my longest job in high school that I had. And I just graduated high school. I was still working there. And the, like we, like uh, Poway High, we had like a student store where it was like snacks and drinks and it's where you like bought junk food basically. But that funded ASB. Well, they, and again, this is, I graduated in 2001. So this is probably like 01, end of 01-ish. And Starbucks was like at its peak. Yeah, Everyone went to Starbucks every day there was like a 20 minute line out the door you know and the school was having people late for school because of coffee because they were going to starbucks so the student store lady diana oh i wish i remembered her last name diane diane she came into starbucks and was inquiring what if you guys opened a store like a, a starbucks on campus through asb we can facilitate it to make it happen we'll get all the green lights like we'll get all the approval this is also back before like sugar was banned on schools uh so like we'll get all the like we'll get it all taken care of and make it happen i think starbucks was just big enough to where it was that was just like such a small beans kind of thing for them that they were like no like we're not going to do that so she got nowhere with them and she came in like a third time and i remember just being like hey like would you mind if i like i could try something and she's like, if you just brought like a coffee, couple coffee makers on a table in in the quad, and just sold like black coffee, that would be amazing. Like it would just, it might just help, you know. This, and I was like, I could do more than that, because my dad uh, was in national food sales. That's what he did. So he he worked with all these big companies. So he reached out to like Nestle and and like three other big companies, and all of a sudden like three weeks, four weeks later, we have this giant coffee maker in the garage. I got this other huge thing that makes like, um, 
it was it was just like the, the one that like we made like the flavored drinks it was just like you know like when you went to circle k and there's like five flavors and you're like yeah, yeah. it was just, like, one of those machines and then two <laughs> big coffee makers and then like three k-tech blenders like the big blend to make like blended drinks and i had my brother's truck pickup truck so truck side coffee was born and everything was in the bed of the truck and basically i would pull up the tailgate would drop all the machines would pull out onto the tailgate and I had like a cutting board thing on the tailgate and then a pop-up tent would go next to it a big table with like a cash register like all the stuff came out it took like 25 minutes to set everything up had a condiment bar and everything and uh yeah like it was great so that like the first trial period of like three months blew up like went insanely well so they were like yeah we want you back next year we'll sign you a contract asb gets a cut um you'll be there every morning and break went out and bought a brand new truck with the money that i'd already made uh set that up at poway high every single day was doing poway high was doing like all the football games all it was it was so shockingly profitable and i was 18 years old just being like oh holy <laughs> heck this is crazy the next year ended up opening another one over at Rancho Bernardo High School. And yeah, it just went really, really well. And I was working crazy hours. I was working like 12 hour hour or 12 hour days, which was awesome because I think it like that, that prepped me for my career later. Um, and I just realized like slinging coffee was not fun. Like the setting the business up part, I loved it. It was so much fun, like getting everything dialed in, figuring out all the systems, figuring out how it's all going to work. But like once it was running, even though it was making great money, I was like, this is just, I hate it. I hate going and doing this. And my yeah. dad, like he gave me one of those, like, you know, you got to do what you love champ. And one of those talks. And uh, yeah, so I took a break from it. Like once I got, once I sold off Chuck's side, I took a break for a little while. Went and I was a waiter at Olive Garden. I worked at the Apple store. I did, like did a bunch of jobs that my friends all worked at because I had a stupid amount of money in the bank for a kid that age and just went and did like fun jobs to have something to do. And then photography, like I found it. Well, and it kind of brings me to my next point. Yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. Maybe before even, or photography maybe happens there, but you also went to college, right? So you did go to college. Yeah, Cal uh, State. Well, after. I went to Palomar. I, like, I did like the community college and transferred to Cal State thing. Yeah. Um, and I took my time at community college. I didn't do that very fast. Yeah, and you were studying business and, and marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, business is like the thing that like I was just always interested. I just I think I realized pretty early on, like if you study business, that can translate to so many different things. And yeah. all the other routes were very like specific. I felt like you had to like choose an industry almost. And business was the one that I was like, oh, if I learned if I got good at that, like I could go do anything. Um, yeah. yeah, that was yeah, business was the way to go. It's still what I tell people to do. Like I tell they don't go to school for photography. Terrible idea. Yeah, do business. Well, when you were doing that, did you have that in your mind? Like, yeah, I'm going to go get my, I'm going to go get these degrees. And then that way I can kind of set up my own entrepreneurial business and have just a better understanding. What was your kind of idea there? Yeah, that was kind of the idea. Like, I was like, I was devouring business books, like any business book I can get my hands on. I was, I was reading it. So like, I, I think I had so much, I was learning so much outside of school. Um, I think a big reason why I wasn't very interested in school and I didn't really pursue it hard was that I was, I felt like I was learning way more outside of school than I was going to classes. Like I was going to classes and I was like, this is slow. And it's like, all of this could be done in like three weeks. We could do an entire semester in three weeks of like yeah, the actual knowledge that you need. Yeah. Doing it. 
Yeah, you saw so you saw the hustle fun. side. Your dad had the safe play with the hustle on the side. Then the hustle eventually took over, and you. Yeah. It seems like you just fast. You're like, I don't need to know the safe words and plays to do when I go work at corporate America. I'm going straight yeah. for something on my own. I'm going to be my own boss. Well, the nice thing too is like when you're young, like you still have safety. You know, like my parents. I mean, my parents that I still had a safety net basically in them. Like that's kind of like the joy of being young yeah. and stupid is you can take so. I mean, I if this pandemic wouldn't have happened, I would not have become a YouTuber. Like I can say that like like flat out is that the risk that it would have take to have put as much effort into this channel as I have, mm -hmm. it would I would have kept it as a side thing. Maybe it would have still grown, but it would have grown so much slower. Um, because I, I have a wife, I have a daughter, I've got another daughter on the way. Like those things are. I've got bills to pay. Yeah. I can't just be like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to just live at home for like a little bit longer and like eat noodles. Like I can't do that anymore. You know, like I'm, I can't do that with my wife and daughter. Uh, so I think that being young and, and like having that safety net, every every kid should do something stupid and risky when they're young, just cause you can, like you've got so much time to recover. And you, and you kind of, but you kind of did it in the best of ways here. Cause in what, like, 2007 so basically right when you graduated from san marcos uh, california state university san marcos you started david banning photography and so that might have been your that might have been your like kind of hustle but mm -hmm. but in the end of it it became your safety net right it was the yeah, safe it, it has become it yeah, totally. yeah it became the easy it became the the reliable thing um quick correction though so that uh, you know this is all up and Please. up. I never graduated. Oh, I got to the end and I had like uh, I want to say I had. <laughs> you could you could have been like <laughs> I, yeah, I got rarely it. tell. Got it on the wall. I mean, I'm like a you know I'm like I'm basically like Steve Jobs you know I'm a college dropout you know yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was like I was super close to it and the business was already going, and I looked at it and I kind of just went. There's no reason to keep doing this this college like like the number that I was hitting on my business was enough to pay all my bills and then some and I went. Oh, if I take all there's some there's some quote that's like there's some like business thing where it's like if your side hustle ever makes you up to 50% of your main hustle, like your your main job, quit immediately, pour all your efforts into it. Yeah. Because if if half of your effort is getting you 50% there, all of your effort will will well exceed what you're doing. So for me, I read that at that moment of like college, like finishing this degree, if I know I'm going to go be an entrepreneur, if I know I'm always going to work for myself, this degree really means nothing. Um, right. it, like it has no currency for me in, in the future. And I saw this business as like, I need, like right now is where I need to just be crushing. I need to be working so hard. I need to be all my time needs to just be going to this. But how did you um, find yourself getting to like, all right, you're, you're, you're in college. And then what, where did you do, come up with the idea of like, I'm going to shoot weddings. Cause I feel like that's a super high oh, pressure yeah. item to go into. It's not like yeah. you're not gonna be like, Oh, I'm going to step right in. Like Levi Kelly also uh, was on the podcast. He also shot weddings. And I asked him the same question. I'm like, that's a super high pressure day from all angles, right? Groom, yeah. mom, dad, the like soon to be wife here that that's a lot of pressure in one day and you've got to get it right. So like, 
how do you decide, yep, that's what I'm going to go for? Not even like you didn't want to do like dog portraits or something. No, a little I, did, more I did lots of other stuff. Okay. First. So, okay. Yeah. So I did, and it's the same thing. It's like, because I was a surfer, like the first thing in my mind was like, I'm going to go be a surf photographer. I'm going to go do. Get your fins on, get in the water. All these things that I'm into. Um, and really like what I found was like, it's, it's really difficult to break into those markets. Yeah. And, and even have like your first customer, it's like, how do you build a portfolio? Well, you got to go get someone to hire you so you can actually shoot somebody that's a decent surfer and not just, you know, some schlub at the beach. Uh, so like the, the, I was working that angle and then Ryan, Oh, Ryan Ross, he, he was, uh, he was who, who the guy that I was in that one video about the show yeah, we were talking about sir, we were talking about before we were recording here. yeah yeah so my buddy ryan um working at a church and he knew this guy up in santa barbara that was shooting weddings and like killing it like really doing well and he's like you should check this out you should check this out i started doing research there was like a local group like a meetup kind of group i started going to it just to meet other people that were that were in it already that were like becoming photographers and, and they were doing it and i met Sarah France, who's still one of my best friends this day. Uh, her husband was my best man at my wedding. Like very, no we're very close now. Uh, and at the time, though, she was she was super ballsy and was like, "Yeah, come to come to a wedding with me and like be a second shooter." She's like, "There's no pressure on this one. Like, like I've got all the shots I already need. Like, like it's a really easy day for me. So you're just there like to to be fun and like you know entertain people and see how you do, see what you like it." And which was awesome, by the way, to have like no pressure on me the first time going to a wedding. And at the end of the night, we're leaving. It was a great time. I was like, this is this is wild. Like it was so it was exciting. It's exciting because like it, it is a once there's so much pressure. It's such a holy cow, you gotta nail this. Like you gotta be you're moving, you're 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 outside, you're inside. Like if you wanna be a, a great photographer, go shoot weddings. Because if you can shoot a wedding, like there's nothing you can't shoot. Because during that day you're just constantly switching things and having to change your settings and like be ready for a moment and anyways I, at the end of the night really we're saying goodbye and the bride comes over to sarah and like grabs her hands and is like it's like sarah i cannot tell you how grateful we are that you were here it was oh you made our day this is incredible but like crying like bawling and i'm sitting there off to the side just watching this like what like, wow, this is like, imagine, imagine if people left their cubicle jobs and at the end of the day, their boss came over to him and was like, Hey, Mike, I got to tell you, man, whew, hell of a Tuesday. Like you really put it in today. I uh, <laughs> can't believe you were here. I'm, I'm like so grateful you were here today, man. Yeah. They definitely like, don't do that. Like that, nobody gets that, right? Like no. nobody gets that with their work. You leave, so you that, leave the cube and you're like, God, I need a beer and I yeah, want to go I'm see out. my family. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> so, so I saw that and I was like, I, I was super attracted because the, the thing was like all the commercial work that I had done to that point, which was not a lot, it's just super transactional. It's like you shoot, here's the pictures, here's some money, see you later. Like your work isn't appreciated. There's no connection. There's no like depth there. Um, so seeing that and seeing like, oh, like these people like treasure these photos. That was awesome. I was yeah. in. So I started shooting like a little bit and like maybe a year later, this is like when it really took, like I really went for it was uh, my grandma passed away and she had this huge wedding, amazing, or huge, wedding, huge funeral and big Catholic funeral up at the front. There's all these photos, but there's one big one on top of her casket. And 
and uh, it's her wedding photo. It's this black and white photo from when she was 19 years old, and she died in her 90s. So we're talking like Dang. this is a 70 something year old photo. And I mean, obviously that guy's probably dead too, the photographer, but <laughs> his work 70 some years later is what's up there. And all of us, like that's the photo that we're all like, oh, grandma, like that, look at that, look at her. And I, it just like clicked, like something clicked in my head. I was like, that's what I want my work to do. Like I want people to have this for a long time because so for like photography for me in general, is just cause I have a total garbage memory. Photos is how I remember stuff. Like I, I, me and my wife, we do it all the time. I sit there and just like, in your camera roll, and you're like, oh my gosh, remember that day that you probably would never have remembered if you hadn't taken a photo. And then like that one photo, like triggers, it triggers the whole day. Like you remember so many details about that day, and you have just like this. Yeah, that's like that's what photos have always been for me. So when I found kind of that place where that's what these photos are for these people. I think that's that's where like the connection went and i went oh i'm in like this is rad i have that sentiment so much more because i I was the notorious person who had gopros would take all these videos i'm gonna make a youtube video and then literally my gopro sits in there i have a whole memory card bank of videos and i didn't never had that sentiment until luca was born and now i'm like i scroll through my camera roll and i remember these little days where like you know we had all these fun memories together and you know me and my wife and him were during the pandemic all working from home and having it was it it was just like a it changes changed my perspective on photography for sure yeah and i can see the sentiment of the wedding photo too yeah because that was i i we look at i look at my wedding pictures all the time with my wife and it's crazy right it is it really is such a special well and the further you go down like the further you you get away from your wedding the more like the more like when i look at like our engagement photos now i don't like yeah they're great photos and i'm like this is great but what it like I see our, I see who we used to be also. Yeah. Do you know, like, like I always tell my couples, I'm always like, I'm like, well, we're, we're not trying to capture these epic photos. Like we'll, we'll get some, trust me. Like on this session, what, like, this engagement, we're going to get some great photos. It's not what we're here for though. Like we're here for you guys to just be as much of yourselves as possible. We're going to try to get you guys as comfortable as possible, have a ton of fun together so that five, 10 years down the road, you look back and you remember yourself, like you remember who you guys were. Like you remember this period, this chapter in your life, because now that we are married five, six, almost six years, we're onto our almost second kid here. Like we look back at that and we just go like, oh my gosh, like we didn't even have a dog yet. Like babe, remember when we didn't even have a dog? Like what did we do all day? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I say that so to myself crazy. all the time now, I'm like, I was so lazy before I had a kid. Oh, I had man. so much time, man. Time. I thought I was oh, so busy, God. but I wasn't. No. I had, I'm yeah. like, my only responsibility was to walk our dog. Well, then we got two dogs and I had to yeah. walk both of them. But but no. that's like, for me, like, that's what photography is. So yeah. that's why I think like once I found weddings, I was like, like those things just clicked right away. And I was like, oh, this is what I, this is what I want to make for people. Like, I want I want to help people remember their yeah. lives. Yeah. Tangible moment in time they can hang yeah. on to. Yeah, totally, totally. And I, and I like that because, I mean, that's the same thing I do now is like I'll at the end of the year, like I'll go through and I'll just, even if it's just cell phone photos, like go through the year from January 1st to the end of the year um, and just put those in a book and have like a yearly album of like, here is our That's amazing. That's Here's so much better album. than me. I don't even do that. You know I mean? That's great. Um, it's good. It's great. Great gift. Uh, Weird. Great yeah. gift. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that's awesome. I mean, 
I love that. It's um, I feel like wedding photography, you know, that is a very common trait, especially for people who get into this or into photography. And maybe it's just yeah. uh, maybe it's even just a way to just support support them financially so they can go do the other endeavors that they want to do. Well, that's a huge one. Yeah. Like if you're trying to you're trying to buy a bunch of gear and you don't have any work doing whatever else you're like, if you have this like other idea, you're like, I'm going to be a surf photographer. Well, guess what, bud? Go shoot 10 weddings and you're going to get a bunch of gear out of that. Yeah. Like, use that yeah. money and go buy gear. Go so that maybe trip. you can become a surf photographer. But yeah, like the, like the the wedding industry, especially at the beginning, like at the bottom, it's super easy to get into. Like now, now like the level that I've I've been able to to bring the business to, uh, obviously much more competitive. Like it's it's harder to get up there. But at yeah. the beginning, like to hop into weddings, you just gotta get just gotta get someone crazy yeah. enough to trust you. And you're what you're right? you're doing like what fifty percent of your weekends are taken by weddings. Yeah, pretty much. Dude, I shot a wedding the day that my daughter was born. No freaking way. I know. Uh, we, we left our house at 9 a.m., so that would have been a, a brutal We one. left at 10 p.m. to go to the hospital. <laughs> went to, it was a Friday night. Went to the hospital. Stayed overnight, which we barely slept. Uh, Eleanor was born at 5 a.m. All the family came through. Everyone left. It's like 9.30. The wedding is until 1. It's 1 to 9 p.m. And Morgan was like, you should go. It was a really great couple. Like we'd really connected well with this couple. And, and somebody had told me also that, that the odds of delivering on your due date are 3%. And my wife nailed it. Dang, <laughs> I had no someone, way. Like as a backup to shoot, to go shoot the wedding for me. Um, but then at nine 30, she's like, if you feel good, like if you feel awake enough, like you should just go do it. Like, we're just going to be sitting here at the hospital. So I went and did it. And then I don't regret it because I, it'll always be a story we look back at, but I'm never going to do that again. No, like no chance. No, no chance. Well, I'm sure as much as I'm sure as much as your wife wanted her doctor to be there in the room, that wedding couple probably wanted you to be there holding the camera. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's also like, it's an issue with weddings is like someone's hiring you specifically. Yeah. Um, so like that date is, it's not like I'm sick. I can't come to work today. It's like, no, you have to be there. Like it's, yeah. it's really hired. So yeah, we had no. the opposite. We, we were due on Super Bowl Sunday and uh 2020 and our doctor was a very 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 big football person and he's like so there's only a couple days that don't work every year and it's super bowl sunday is one of them so i hope he's not gonna come on that, that date so and he told us the opposite he's like you have three percent chance and there's a three percent chance i'm not gonna be here so that is uh, funny yeah. i like that yeah, that's what I should have told them. I should have told them that. Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> he did not. We did not. Uh, we did not deliver on our due date. But yeah. I mean, I did nothing. I was just there. Um, you know, me too. Support. Yeah, <laughs> support. I didn't do much. Yeah. I didn't do much. Um, so now, I mean, we we can dive into present. I mean, you you've got this going Ooh, yeah. on. You started the YouTube channel 2019, right? Even though you were kind of just doing some vlogs and things like that with the wife. Yeah, like we we it, like technically the channel started because we went on a 26 day honeymoon, and I thought I was Casey Neistat, so I was going to vlog the whole thing. Uh, and, and looking and but I never talked, like we never talked to the camera or anything. It was, it was just for us. Like we, we purely right. made videos for us, uh, which are still on the channel. They're still like the first I, video. I watched the a ton of them this morning. They're fun. They're, They're awesome. Like, yeah, it was great. So a good time. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like hanging on to those photos. You get to hang, you know, you get to hang on to that video moment too. Yes. Um, if we know. ever come back around, we'll, we'll keep going. But if we come back around to that honeymoon, it's a great story about filming your life. Uh, no, do it. no I want I want to talk about that because like the, the first the first one is um the first video is something about getting uh, 
it, what's the the Asian uh, Panda restaurant? Express. Panda, Panda Express. Express. Like yeah. yeah, like we're at the airport starting it. Well, two and like immediately, your you wife is tell, like, like Morgan is not super into it. Yeah, she's like, she's okay, like, get the camera out of my face. Like, like let's really have a already yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> twenty six days of traveling in a backpack together, and the only thing we ever fought about was me filming things and like like. Did you hear that? Oh, we, hear yeah, that? I've I've heard that the kids are out and about. Kids are out. Uh, not my kids. My kids are upstairs. Um, so you hope. So it's the only thing we argued about was that. And like it, at one point we were at, in the Amalfi Coast and like re, it really got, you know, and she was like, I'm over this filming thing. But So I calmed it down a little bit. We still filmed Amsterdam. I didn't really film our little quick thing through uh, Paris, like really short. It just kind of like fizzled at the end, right? Uh, because she obviously clearly was not into it. So, like months later, you were very act. You were very active though. You did. You did basically yeah. what I think it was a uh, like twenty two videos thir- of twenty six. Day one to thirteen, every day. Every day. And then you missed fourteen, and yeah. then you do sixteen, fifteen, sixteen, and then. Oh, then 17, 18, and 19, then later, 20, yeah, yeah. 21, so 22. I home, though, yeah. like three months after our, our honeymoon, uh, had, a, had a wedding, late night wedding. I come home at like midnight and I walk into our living room, this little apartment we're living in by the beach at the time. And she's sitting on the couch crying and watching our honeymoon vlogs. Really? Mike, oh. did we look to uh, no, I'm here. My I, it, the the thing I said I didn't want to happen happened. Um, no, yeah, it happened. The camera issue. Camera issue. I'm there back. We go. We're back. There we go. You're so back. Wait, so, yeah. So she's watching the she's watching the vlogs now. She's watching the vlogs and she's crying and she's going, "I'm so happy you made these. These are so good." Like, and this is like just a few months removed from the situation, and she already saw like the val- so since then. I've had like free reign to film and photograph anything I want whenever I want because mm-hmm. yeah, because that happened. The challenge is, and it's funny you say that because my fiance, who was my girlfriend at the time, we went to Mike's wedding. It was in Portugal. And okay. of course oh, yeah. me, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to bring my DJI Osmo pocket. I'm going to bring yeah. these other cameras. Like I'm going to film it all when I'm there. And I'm like toting around all this camera gear. I'm taking videos of everything. And then my, you know, my girlfriend, at the time, my girlfriend, fiance now, she was like, you're just, like you're only seeing it through the lens right now. Like, mm-hmm. like pay attention to where we are for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So that kind of broke through for me, but I was, you know, now I have all these, you know, photos and videos that we can pull, pull back from and be like, okay, well, it was nice that you spent a little bit of time recording it. Cause she definitely yeah. didn't record any of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I think it's different for everybody. Like everyone's going to have a different experience with that. Um, the biggest thing that I tell people is, have you ever seen a guitarist play a guitar? That's really good at guitar. Mm-hmm like someone that just rips and like they're they're chatting with you while they're doing it they're like yeah yeah totally oh yeah no like i'm here for like three more hours you see someone like that and you go they know their instruments so well that this isn't even distracting them from the conversation that they're having with you that's what i tell people about cameras is if you want to have this experience and be able to record at the same time read your user manual like seven times front to back every page read read your user manual go out and film like crazy with this one camera because because even for me like like with weddings so much of it is is like the connection that we're having like we need to be talking if 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 you and your fiance are sitting there 
and you're waiting for your photo to be taken and I'm looking down and I'm like, hang on. Okay, hold on, hold on. Like that's 10 seconds that is the most awkward 10 seconds in the world and you guys have just totally lost the vibe. Yeah. Like not once can I let something like that happen. So the whole time like light is changing and clouds are moving in and then moving back out. Like we're going over here and moving here. I need to be able to have a a great conversation with you guys just like we are right now while being able to do this over here and be like, awesome. Yep. All right. Perfect. Right there. Oh, oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Cool. Now we're moving and be able to do that here. Um, so being like having that experience for me, like vlogging is really simple. It's not, it's not like taking up so much brain power that I'm like staring at my fingers while I'm playing guitar. Like I'm up here talking to you guys on my camera. So everyone's gonna have a different experience with like how much, having to focus on a camera takes them out of that experience. Um, and I, and I totally agree. like your, your fiance's got a great point. If, if you're not super comfortable with it, you will spend so much brain power on the filming and capturing part that you're not enjoying it. So yeah, exactly. Or yeah. trying to just get it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it totally. Makes sense. Or then you're like, Hey, actually I just want to take a quick time lapse here. And they're like, I don't have 10 minutes to sit here. We're, we're going to keep moving. <laughs> we got to keep going. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I like the story that we were talking about in the beginning about like, you know, how you had all these weddings booked, you know, we had, mm-hmm. you had all of this going and now this pandemic hits, it gets pushed off and you're like, okay, I'm going to start focusing on taking YouTube a little more serious. Like dive, dive back into that. Just, uh, just a second. Like how, how, yeah. ter- how terrifying was that moment? I mean, it's pretty was good. It terrifying? It's a pretty good one. Like we, so we, uh, we follow some good financial stuff and like, we've got a good safety net set aside and whatnot. So I knew we had some runway. I didn't know how much or like, no one knew how how long this pandemic was going to be. It was just like, we know for sure the next few months are going to be crazy. Um, So I I just knew I had a few months. Like at the time I was like, for at least the next few months, I'm not going to have anything to do. Let's just, I'm going to start cranking out all these ideas that I've had for videos. I just never had time to go do them and and the channel just like i think also because everyone was locked down you know like eyes went to youtube like way more viewers on youtube and one of my videos also took off that was very unexpected uh which video is that it's the video it's the it's the video that now has the most views on the channel so Uh, 80 percent of yeah 80 percent of photography in 10 minutes yeah exactly so that video i made in january of 2019 and oh. after, uh, yeah, after a full year, after one full year, now January of 2020, that video got 7,400 views. Wow. So as of January 2020, that video had 7,400 views. And I was like, that freaking heck, like that video just never took off. It's so good. Like when I see it now, obviously, like I see like all the technical errors. I'm like, oh, my camera sucked. My audio was, you know, I see all that <laughs> stuff. But, but I see... I just knew like that was like that was like the pot of gold that I could offer people in like a really short video. And somehow like during this pandemic, it just went and took off and just started pop. And it was like, now it's at 20,000. Now it's at 30,000. It's as of, I think it's at like 2.8 million views. 2.9 million right now. 2.9 million. And that's like, that's an interesting piece. I mean, especially with your content, it's so digestible. And as people start to pick up more hobbies during a pandemic, like, yeah. photography or action sports or you know filming or something like that like that's yeah. where i that's why i love your content because i can just review it and it's like all right how does the new gopro work like do I, you know how's this different yeah. than this like 
buy something new or it's like i'm just doing product research on either something i want to buy or just something i'm interested in it's so digestible totally so that that's kind of part of the strategy so i've i've had a strategy underneath all this and it's 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 still continuing um well i want to pull back i want to pull it back a little bit because so five years ago is when the channel truly started 2016 ish yeah what you go on your honeymoon you're filming and you're doing vlog style videos but it really wasn't until 2018 until your videos broke a certain barrier and it was not oh, yeah. those ones that were vlogs. No. You know, the first video that I can see that has a significant amount of views other than uh, a great title, which is Lake Tahoe skinny dipping at 7,500 feet. <laughs> the next video is AirPod, Apple AirPods, AirPods the that's, worst that's headphones the first I video found that did something. So Yeah, it was the first video that actually, I think it hit like 50,000 views and I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I had like 800 subscribers at the time. And so yeah. why... Was that a was that a defining moment in the growth of the channel that you were like, oh, this content's doing pretty well. Maybe I should move over here. Yeah, it was a moment where I went, oh, maybe I could do YouTube. That's really like the the main thing that, that video did for me, and it, and it was just because I bought the AirPods, and I was getting so many questions about them, and so many people asking me. But I was like, I'm going to make one video and then I'll just be able to send people this video. Like when they ask me, I'll just go here, go watch this. And then I realized like there's so many other things, like all this camera stuff, like so many other things that I have in my brain that I could do the same thing for. I could just go, hey, here, I put this all in one video. Go watch this. Uh, and I think that was right after that. You do, started. Yeah. Right after that, you do best travel and camera backpack ever. Uh-huh. And then you go back to vlogging. Yeah. And you go 54, 34, uh-huh. 1.9. Yeah. And yeah. so w- when you go back to vlog, I knew you, then you vlog for, then you change kind of titles and, and the thumbnail esque, but it wasn't for, uh, I mean, even like the next one is like, don't book uh, a snorkel tour. Yeah. yeah. That one, that one in the, in the Maui secret waterfall one, yeah. those are doing really well. The Secret it, Waterfall one's still doing well. It, yeah, I mean, it was a good video. I, I still get messages constantly on Instagram, people asking where to, how to get to that waterfall. Yeah, the influencers really? are going to want to find that. Yeah, I, re- I regret not putting the directions just in the video somewhere because <laughs> I still respond. Because I, still, I want to be nice. Like People are like, I'm going there on my honeymoon next week. And I'm like, okay, here's the directions. And like send them the directions. Copy paste just need a follow-up video. I should yeah. do a follow-up. We need to go back to Maui. Let's go. That'd be great. Oh, good time to go. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I would say like that that whole period, from from like when that AirPods video went up until the end of 2019, I would say I was dabbling. Like I was like I was just trying to figure out. Like I was like playing around. I was like, what works, what doesn't. I was also in that phase where you're so hypercritical at the beginning that like you have tons of ideas and you don't do any of them. So the kind of that that like that non-starter phase of just overanalyzing everything and then being like, no, I'm not going to make that video. Like, no, it's not good. It's not good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it. Uh, so there was tons and tons of times like that during that period. But again, it was just a side fun thing for me. Like, yeah. Did I think like, would it be rad if this was what I did as a job? Oh my gosh, of course I would love that. But it was just still such a pipe dream for me during that whole period that really until I I can really say like, I don't feel like I was a YouTuber until the pandemic. 
Like the pandemic is what made me a YouTuber. And is it before yeah. that? It was always like, oh yeah, like I have this thing, but I, I'm a photographer. Like I've got this little channel that I I throw some videos on here and there. Because at that point, it was like more of like a time capsule. It was like you sharing yeah. memories with yourself and ho holding a place of storm, and that makes sense. I I never thought of it like that until we had Mowgli from Braille on, and he's like, oh yeah, I want to use my YouTube as like my son to be able to go and see me and you know i'm like oh my god youtube yeah is how that. weird is that it is like an amazing time capsule that you don't have yeah. to you don't have to deal with this and then corrupt yeah. files and the nonsense here and like how, I, the, the idea that eleanor would grow up and be able to like watch old youtube videos is could, just so weird in my brain could you imagine when eleanor is probably seven eight nine when she's thinking of you know, you know little girls are dreaming of marriage and things like that yeah. she can go back and literally watch her mom and dad's honeymoon it's crazy that is, right that is i think that is that is a cooler piece of nostalgia than the picture of your grandmother at her wedding because it is like yeah it could be and and i hope it is for her like i, yeah. I think so I'll t there i have there's a strategy with my youtube channel and it, it all ties in with all this, but it's, it's basically, and it's what I tell everyone that's starting a channel is no one searches for your vlog. No one, no one's going to search for your name out of the blue. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right? So you need to use highly searchable content so people can find you. And then within that content and, and sprinkled in some other content, you need to show so much of who you are and maybe some of your life and like the people that are in your life, like the other characters basically in your story that people come back. So, so you're turning people from like, Oh, I found this guy cause of GoPro, but now I watch all of his videos, even when they're not like, like my favorite, favorite comments in that people will leave is like, I don't even have this camera, but I watched the entire 20 minute video. Like I just wanted to watch David and I'm like, oh, dude, those people are legends. Like that's, that's who I'm trying to, that's, those are the people that I care about. Like all these, like the 2.9 million, that's great. But the people that are like, I just like want to follow along his journey and like what he does next. Like those are the people that I'm like, I'm so stoked on. I'm so grateful for. Uh, yeah. Like, so that, that's, that's really like what the channel is designed to do. So more and more, especially this year, I've got another video coming out soon. That's talking about the future of YouTube and and what's coming in in 2021 and 2022 and i think you're gonna see a lot more people's lot like real lives like we're gonna see travel videos come back get really yeah. popular again we're gonna see like more people's stories become really popular again because we've all been stuck in our houses for a year watching how-to videos for a year straight like that's what's been available because like we creators we couldn't go out and make much right we couldn't go anywhere and do anything so we've just been like, I've been at this desk making videos for a year. So now to be able to start to transition and get more videos, we're like, we're out. Like we have a van, we have a sprinter van that we're, it's not going to be like live in it, but we're going to convert it into something that's like an adventure mobile. We can go on camping trips. We can go on beach and I'll still be talking about photography and the gear that I'm using and that kind of stuff, but it'll be in a different context. It'll be in a context of our story. And I think that ultimately is what, how you take people from just like, I like him to, oh, I, I, I watch that guy every Monday, every Monday morning. I turn on his video. Are you going to add? So is the goal like to create, I, I, un, I definitely think that's a brilliant idea to have like the, the kind of like fishing content where it mm. brings people from outside yeah. of the, the community that you've created in, 
but then you have to have the content to keep them in. Like, you know, they want to see you and Morgan and Eleanor running at the beach and they want to understand what you're doing and watch all these kind of stories. But like, you have to have the fishing out there. And that's what you see as like, it's weird because when we do a little bit of a channel audit, the ultimate GoPro accessories, which is number two video and Uh photography basics in 10 minutes are back to back videos. Yeah. Isn't that, Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. And so, like, your biggest and kind of net. Like, the, the GoPro video didn't take off for, like, six months, and then it took off. And they're both, they're both just such oddities on the channel. But those are, the, those are the fishing videos, right? Those are the videos that are out there, and tons and tons of people see them. They come in, and then they go, I like this guy. I'm going to hit subscribe because I would like to hear more from his face. And that's it. Like, that's, that's the whole goal of this whole thing, right? And then, and then it's, like, engagement because, like, a big, I'm in the comments as much as possible. I now have like a text line where people can text me. So I'm there as much as possible. Like I'm trying to engage people and let them know like one, I am super grateful that they're even here. Like the simplest reply to someone's comment. That's just like, dude, great video. And you're like, thanks man. Like, that's awesome. You don't expect that reply. Like when I comment on someone's video, I don't ever expect a reply. Like, I don't know. Like, who the heck am I? Why do I need, like, why should they reply to me? I like the comment section uh, in your videos because everyone is always like, am I watching Mark Rober? What's going on here? And... <laughs> so much of that. Yeah, you gotta yeah, love, you gotta love a, that. You know, that's you a love common that. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently I, I like Mark Rober. Yeah. Apparently. Hey, that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing to be compared know, to. Dude, I, if I could have like a tenth of his subs, that would be great. Dude, the guy crushes. He, he like broke crushes. the algorithm broken one video a month yeah 12 videos a year i i tried to explain this to my dad and he listens thank you dad for listening to the podcast um but like it's just you don't understand like this guy took his engineering degree and broke down the algorithm to figure out exactly what he has to do but he's so hyper planned that like every one of his videos is already on a board laid out year in advance yeah so yeah that's crazy i want to talk about like how you come up with what's your creative process when you're coming up with videos are you are you laying out your videos speaking of mark rober like are you one year in advance are you 30 days in advance are you hey five hours in advance i'm gonna look at my phone and have my okay three days release uh i've got like a list of ideas because i've got like i take notes all the time constantly um so i take as soon as like an idea comes to me it's written down when that idea might ever make it to the channel, who knows? I really want, I, I really always want the channel to like relevantly move, right? So like if I'm talking about GoPros and people start asking a lot of questions about like, well, what about the Osmo Action? What about this? What about that? I want to be able to move to those topics that kind of move together, I guess, because I'll, I'll see it on the channel. Like if I just jump from like a GoPro video to like a professional photography video the next time, People, I don't know, like it just doesn't trend as well. Like people don't continue that connection as well. Um, so most of the ideas come from comment section. Like most most ideas on the channel are really someone asked a question. So I'm answering their question. And then I, because they asked this a certain way, it gave me an idea. Like, okay, cool. Like we're going to answer this question today, but we're going to go do this in a cool way. Like, here we go. So it's kind of like a blend of, it's a lot of audience feedback. It's a lot of what people are asking for. Um, which again is, is a huge, just like pillar for me is being as connected with the audience as I can. It takes a stupid amount of time to respond 
to as many comments as I do, but I've seen the value in it. I've seen that connection that people have. I've seen people's responses where they're like, oh my God, this is also partly why the video where I do the studio tour is going to be in, in there at some point. I'll say this, but I always say to the Patreon people that I have, uh, I'm a guy in my garage all by himself <laughs> talking to a camera. Trust me. Like, I can't I'm wait to see what's special. behind the lens. It's going to be. Yeah. Once you see what, well, so it, it'll cut to like the, like a full, you'll see the whole garage. You're going to see everything. <laughs> and like what I've created in this little tiny nook and like I, how I, like when I'm actually filming, there's, this looks like a lot of space and it's like the size of your 20, chair, 24 inches. The chair can barely spin around in this <laughs> space, but the camera doesn't make it look that way. So like it's all designed for, and then when I'm not filming, everything's on wheels and it all pushes back and like this whole table pushes back so we can live and have a garage down here. Um, well, you are also so yeah, like, in San I, Diego. I'm always just trying to remember, like remind people like I'm little, I'm just a dude. Like people see, I think they see like the number they see like, Oh, you almost like you have like, 190,000. Oh my gosh, you're like some. What is 195? Like, I want to make sure that's clear. 195. Right. I, it doesn't mean anything. I, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I mean, nothing. Uh, which is also why, like, when I talk about goals on the channel, I always talk about your goals need to be input based goals. Like, you can't, don't set goals where you say, hey, I want so and so subscribers or I want this many views. Like, that's a terrible goal to set because you're not in control of that at all. Your goal should be how many videos are you going to make this month? Your goal should be what am I going to do with my lighting setup for this next, you know, two months? Like, how am I going to adapt it? How am I going to, what research am I going to do? Like those, those inputs can be your goals. And that's, that's like the biggest thing for me. So the numbers, like the sub count, it's awesome. Like my wife keeps way better track of it than me. Like she's always the one or my mom. My mom's great at calling me and being like, you, you hit 180,000. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> All right. That's, that's awesome, mom. Thanks. Uh, it just hasn't meant as much to me because it's not my goal. Like my goal is to, my, my main goals are how many videos I put out and how engaged I am with my audience. Like all my goals revolve around those two things. And I think it's just been, it's a better way to go at it. You know, like it's a better way to just view the whole, the whole game of YouTube. No, it makes total sense. And, and yeah. I never, I watch this guy Project Farm all the time, Todd. I just emailed with him. Um, okay. He's got 1.78 million subscribers, and he does like he he's clearly an engineer because like how he builds the the rigs that he does things, but he tests things like uh, you know drills against each other, batteries against each other, all these kind okay, of things. Yeah. And at, at the end of every video, he says every one of my videos is from a comment. So leave a comment, yeah. and I will reply to as many as possible. And until you said what you said earlier, which is like, I get a lot of my, you know, motivation and, and ideas from that. And it never really stuck with me. I'm like, oh, he's just saying that because he wants you to comment. But yeah, you truly can get amazing content out of the out of what your viewers want. And it's clearly what people want to watch. Yes. Like the, the other thing I would tell people to do is if you don't know what to make, go to Safari or Chrome, go into private mode or incognito mode pull up youtube.com and search for the thing you want to talk about. Look, just go search for GoPro in incognito mode. Look at the first 10 videos that pop up. What are people searching for? Like what are like without your cookies enabled, like, like this is, this is just what YouTube would put out to an incognito window. 
that's how you'll find out what people want. Like what what's being talked about, right? Like the trending channel, it's all based on what you've looked at before. All the different stuff, like how you how you see YouTube is very skewed to what you've searched for. Yeah. So to understand it like in a really clear way is just go incognito mode, youtube.com, search for the thing you want to talk about. Go GoPro Hero 9 and then see all the videos that pop up that people are actually looking for. And because like we said before, you've got TubeBuddy installed. Now you're seeing the analytics on those things. You're seeing how many views per hour they're getting. You're seeing all that, that backend data. And then you can start thinking of videos that might answer some of those questions or might be relevant to what, what people are looking for. Because again, you're trying to find highly searchable content to get people in the door and then be as you as you can be to keep them yeah. and make them go, this guy's unique. I would like to hear more from his head. I, I feel like a lot of probably not as many people who listen to our podcast because we, we're very focused on YouTubers and people yeah. who love the community. But like today I was showing my – we uploaded a video to YouTube for a, a project I'm working on at work. And I showed the video on my YouTube because I'm logged in on Chrome. And my boss is like, I just don't want the videos on the side to show up. I was like, well, that's actually just like – that's just – that's my – youtube and yeah is, you know it's actually a pretty cool thing because this is my mind this is my yeah. mind through an algorithm that has built it but i think some people don't understand that that is what it is and that is great feedback for someone who's starting a channel because you know if you really want to know what to target incognito gives you an unadulterated view yeah. into what it is and of I what's actually being searched for. Yeah. Do you use that a lot when you're coming up with thumbnails and titles? Not, I mean, not as much anymore, just because again, like I'm getting, I'm getting so much input now that I think I've, I've got like a huge source to kind of pull from now because there's so many comments coming in, people asking questions and, and wanting to see new things like the studio tour. This has been a very highly requested thing is like we want to see a studio tour. And I'm like, of this really? <laughs> uh, so it's really when you can't think of what you, you, you know what you want to talk about, but you just can't think of like, mm, like, what should I talk about this thing? Like, okay, I'm a photographer. I want to teach photography, how to photography, beginner photography. If you search for beginner photography, you'll find my 80% uh, video, which is why it's gone so crazy is because YouTube decided that that's going to be like one of the first three videos that pops up for people but it makes sense because i watched it and i literally jp knows a ton about photography i know very little literally i was on a camera that i bought before i went on a trip oh and good. i took a ton of pictures so now you on know 80 percent, and now i do and now i would know how to use it if i could charge the battery before i used it before the podcast yeah. um, people that know photography they get really annoyed at that 80 percent thing uh they go, this isn't 80 that's what you'll see in the comments like it's like yeah thousands and thousands of people being like this was amazing thank you so much like you taught me so much and then all like the old men photographers that are like this is not 80 percent of photography <laughs> yeah. and i'm like scratch the surface you understand the whole 80 20 like it would then take you 80 percent of the effort to learn the other 20 percent right like yes you can go from zero to to 80 you know decently quick but it's going to take a long time to turn that B into an A. Those might be the guys who skipped uh, one of the initial steps that you took, with, which was learning the fundamentals of business through college. Yeah. They just went right in and they're like, I learned photography the hard way. I shot, 
I shot There's portraits. There's way more in my at, brain than this. Yeah, exactly. I shot That's portraits at the pier for years. I'm like, cool, That's right. man. It's good. Good yeah. for you. So yeah. I, I only have a, a couple more questions. And um, JP, uh, so like uh, when you're doing, call it like 80-20 rule video of photography or mm -hmm. uh, up and coming, which I'm glad that you dropped here is, uh, you know, the the studio tour are you writing a script for it are you writing out notes for it how do you come up with like how do you know exactly what to do when you're going down that path yeah so this is like this this it might harken just back to to when i wanted to be an actor but i write out a pretty decent script like at first i was like i'll just do bullet points but i talk too much and if i put one bullet point i could talk for 10 minutes on one bullet point and then I look up and I go, oh, I've recorded 34 minutes and I'm only halfway down my bullet points. <laughs> well, this is gonna, like, this is crap. So in order to can to make myself more concise, what I do is I, I write out like, I write it almost as if I'm like blogging. Like if I'm like if I was like to write this to you, if I was to write out instead of it being a video, I was gonna put it on Medium.com or something like that. I write it out in bullet points, but similar to that, like, it's a little bit longer. Um, and then I kind of chunk it in like paragraphs on topics, like, you know, this, now we're gonna talk about this thing. And then what I do is I, I read that a couple times. So I kind of know it almost like a script in my mind. And then I keep this, I got an iPad pro that I just keep like right underneath my camera here. And I look down at it. I look at like the first three paragraphs. I know what I want to say. I know it's concise because I've that, that's part of the writing process is, if it's not it's not not on here don't say it like there's no i don't have to say it i don't have to talk about it there's 10 more things i could say about everything i'm talking about but i've written it ahead of time i've taken the time to think about it and make it as concise as possible or as concise as i think is relevant so then i'll read that and then boom then we start talking and i'll talk for you know i'll do like a whole huge section all at once that's not exactly how it was written but it touches on most of the topics that i like the so like the writing process is almost just a way of like priming my brain for it. Yeah. And knowing that this is kind of what I want to talk about. Like I've really thought about this. This is what I want to say. Don't think too much beyond this. It's like self-editing ahead of time. Yeah. Like Usually. you're, you're just Usually. cutting down the content. Like, okay, I have five bullet points. These are kind of the things each bullet point I want to say. And are you timing? Are you specifically looking for like, I want to be around 10 minutes or is it like, yeah obviously yeah. over eight minutes though right yeah and that's not on that's not on purpose as much as it's just like i can never shut up and people will yeah. tell me that in the comments all the time they'll be like you yap too much and i go i know go to another <laughs> channel if you don't want that like that you're at the wrong channel that's not what you're liking uh if you want to hang out with me for 15 minutes and learn about something like while we hang out like it feels more like that i'm the channel for you yeah you know like like that's kind of, it's got much more of that vibe because of it uh because i i a lot of times I just chat. Uh, so in the, the edit process, I cut out a ton. Like most of my time when I'm done filming, I'm probably at like 35 to 40 minutes. And then I'm making, I'm trying to make like 12 to 15 minute videos. Uh, so Big there's another layer of editing that goes into it where I'm just like, nope, that whole thing I talked about that was actually kind of good. Nope, just get rid of it. Yeah, like it's got this guy. This has got to feel fast. This has got to feel like it's even if it's 15 minutes, it's got to move for 15 minutes. It's got to be like moving along and not lulling. Thorough, concise. Make sure you get it all in there. 
that's necessary. Yeah. 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 And also I realized that you don't have to get everything in every video. Like yeah. what's really great is if you don't put everything in a video and everyone comments about that thing that was missing and you go, I just got myself a follow-up video. Now I know what I'm talking about then next week. Like it is kind of great actually when stuff like that happens. Which you very well yeah. could have covered in that video and you have it basically scripted out very much. Already so. thought of it. Like, yeah. Rarely is it something I haven't thought of, but yeah. it's just something that I didn't, it didn't make the final, you know, the final cut. So I've, I have one, JP, do you, uh, I, I have one final question, um, but right. um, JP, do you have anything before I ask my last question? No, no, go for it. All right. So I was watching a video early in your channel from 2017, and it was, uh, you know, a backpack from Lowell Pro, and you were going through the backpack and talking about the perfect vlog, perfect setup at that oh, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know... I want to kind of talk about how 2017 to 2021, how the perfect setup has changed, right? What 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 have you seen as major kind of innovations or changes in those what four years? Well, drones got a lot smaller. That was the. I main used to have one. a whole backpack that was just for the Phantom Four. I still have like that backpack. Would, yeah, we would go travel. I had a whole backpack that was just for that damn thing. Uh, so now it's like a where's it? Yeah, I've got the Mavic Mini now, and it's just a beauty to carry around. Yeah, this is the Air 2, and it's so little. It's tiny. It's crazy. And then the Air, the Mini is even smaller. Uh, so things have gotten smaller. Things have just gotten better. Like that, That's really what, what happened. Like Now, my main camera, it's not this one, but the main cameras that I shoot are this guy. Which So I'm still that guy that walks around with a giant camera, uh, but it's an A7S III, and it's so good. It's like a... You're, it's a it's a movie camera like yeah it looks better than every film ever shot up until like 2000 you know so it's like right. it's incredible it's <laughs> it's it's an unreal camera to have and like that's what we get to walk around vlogging with these days so there's definitely like an element where like that can take you too far where all of a sudden you're vlogging in s log three and now your editing is a nightmare like you can complicate it too much um mm -hmm. Again, if you get to know your gear really, really well, like you really dive into the gear, you understand that camera, it can be just as easy as any other camera. But then like the one I'm on right now, this is a Sony ZV-1. Dude, insane vlogging camera. Our honeymoon would have looked a lot better if I would have just had this little thing instead of the, I had a big one back then, but it was 2015, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, that impresses me so much is that, like having the Osmo Pockets, like as soon as they came out, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one of these. Like yeah. I love them. I have a GoPro that I supplement and I, I kind of go between the two of them um, just for different things. But like, I take that thing just on any trip that I go. And it's like, I have taken videos out of the airplane flying into Seattle on the Osmo pocket in 4k. That'll blow your mind. The quality right? of an airplane, like how people that, shot you. Like I have it on YouTube and it's just like, it's an insane, like even just the depth, like I know the sensor's not huge or anything, but like, yeah, the quality of image coming from these small cameras is awesome. It's 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 been great for people who do want to travel and at least get photos and yeah, know, start to you know make some make some history in their in their life. That Even they can your go back. phone. I mean, like your your phone now is one of the best yeah. vlogging cameras there is. Um, where where it's different and it's like the thing I always try to explain to people is iPhones create incredible video. A video coming out of it is amazing. A, a GoPro or an Osmo action, amazing footage when the light is good. Uh, when right. the light yeah, yeah, yeah. gets bad, that's where a big camera still looks good and every other camera falls apart. 
Um, that's so that's kind of like the tough thing. It, it's going to be a lot of this next year is going to be like more focused on photography because we've just talked so much about action cameras. So we're going to dig more into photography and like really what I want to teach people is to see light. Like you can take an iPhone and take an amazing image. If you can understand light and how, where it's coming from and, and your background composition a little bit, you can take an incredible photo with an iPhone. But you also have to understand if you're at a spot and you're like, I want to take a picture of my friend with the sunset behind them. And you go, well, you have an iPhone. Your friend is going to be a silhouette. And they're like, but I want to touch. And then and now the background's white. And they go, I don't understand. My This iPhone's terrible at taking photos. You go, well, <laughs> it's because it can't do that. So I like teaching more of that kind of stuff so that people understand that, one, it's not just the camera like you can take incredible photos with really low-end cameras like the zv1 i think is one of the best um but when things get tougher when there's low light when there's harsh light when there's tougher light that's when the bigger cameras continue to shine and they continue yeah. to do well so yeah yeah I, I guess i do have a question then so when yeah. you're out with uh, your wife or a group of friends or your family do they all make you take the photo of course <laughs> yeah i'm not in any of my family photos <laughs> No, you're yeah. I I bring a tripod around a lot, but like at like if it's family dinners or or like when we go to like I'm in like a three photos. My yeah. wife has a collection of photos of herself over the last six years uh, that I do not share. I do not have that many photos of myself. But it's great. Same. It's awesome. Let me ask you, JP, when you go out in public with your your pot, are you talking to it much? Are you like? No, I don't do a lot of talking to it. To be honest, I just. I typically just make like minute long, like, you know, clips that I'll just stitch together and throw in, you know, Premiere Pro and put some After Effects and do some color grading and call it yeah. good. So it's not really, I don't think people care to hear what I have to say too often. I talk enough already. So, you know, I'm out there just trying to make some content. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. But when you are talking to yourself. It's you know, awkward. It is. That's the next thing that I'm trying to like get people comfortable with the idea of is, is being comfortable being uncomfortable. Like walking in, in, like being in public and talking to your camera as if I'm, is, is the same way that I do it in studio like this. Like when I go out and do it is when people are like, you like, don't even care that those people are near you. And I'm like, oh, I do. It's super awkward. It's the most awkward experience ever, but I'm making something and they're not. Right. And if people, and like, you know, like you see like influencer in the wild and like all these Instagram things that like make fun of people that are filming themselves some of them, many of them are very funny. I really do think that. But then I see a bunch of them and I go, mm, that person's actually doing a pretty decent job filming themselves. And I bet that they're like, they're making something, they're creating something. And it's just because you're like, dude, if you were behind the scenes of any movie, you'd be like, what am I watching? This is ridiculous. Like green screen for Marvel. You know, they're like, yeah. Have you ever yeah. seen like uh, and Chris, it's so Pratt dorky. With, Chris Pratt with the, the Velociraptors? from yeah. like oh yeah yeah and it's like a guy and he's like, like they're in the green yeah, suits like, and they're just like oh yeah the on the like, stage you're going no wait wait but then you see what the finished product is and you go oh that's so rad yeah all these info like if you're doing it in public people are just getting your behind the scenes they're seeing what and, behind the scenes looks like and it's usually weird yeah and you got to respect the gear though like some of them have some decent gear or they don't you know maybe it's like a 20 dollars setup but at least they got a setup you know what i mean that's they're, the first start they're trying to make something and that's it. That, that's the thing that I'm, I'm trying to encourage people on is like, if you have an idea to go make something, just make it. Yeah. agree. And everyone else that's looking at you and is making fun of you or is like, what are they doing? 
dude, screw them. Like they're not making anything. Like all, all the negative comments on my YouTube channel is someone, I'm a guy in my garage all by myself talking to a camera and they're a guy or girl on their computer all by themselves yelling at me. <laughs> constructive like, one is not. Yeah. Like that means I nothing think... to me. Like get out of here. I'm just trying to make things. Yeah. I, that's I, it. I think that's a good note. I think that's a good note to say, I mean, get out there and make something. Don't be serious. Yeah, that's it. That's the biggest thing is just go make stuff and be consistent. Okay. Learn from your mistakes. Like it, it, I wouldn't even call them mistakes. Like, they're, they end up becoming great memories, right? You know, like the videos yeah. that you had before what you are creating today are just as entertaining and really amazing videos, but you learn from the process of getting there. I mean, Mr. Easy. Beast started with an You can start with anything you want. Start with an iPhone. And yep. from there, he built an empire before he got to red cameras. And so, yeah, like really I'm sure is... he still cringes at his old, his old videos, but no one else does. No. Like everyone else sees it and goes, oh, that's right. Yeah, everyone's now going back. All 50 million subscribers are going back to his first video and watching that Heck 150 yeah. million times. So yeah. um, I have, man, I, this has been awesome. I want to keep it open because I want to come back to many more, potentially one I'd like to come out and surf and uh, see Yeah, Diego. come do that. But we, we both have to wait until maybe a year because – there's a lot of little things that are going to happen in our lives coming up. Yeah, when's your baby coming? Twenty August. Yeah. August. August twentieth. Well, our, ours is well, one month from today, May twenty sixth. No way. Imminent. On your way. That like is like we thought about going to Big Bear next week, and then we went. Probably, we probably shouldn't be doing that. Like we're in that weird bubble where you're like, could at any point right now. Yeah, it's weird. We uh, talked about well, uh, we got a uh, we got a house to stay at in San Diego, Mike. Uh, we, my sister lives down there in La Mesa, so yeah. oh, there we go. Let's go. Yep, we'll be we we'll be there soon, there. I'm sure. Um, we we speaking of that weird timing, right? Yeah, we we got pregnant before we before our wedding, and uh, about 15 days after our wedding was like the grounded timeline so like my wife would not have been able it just all happened to be really great timing like she would have not been able to travel we would have had to cancel our wedding and yeah it just all happened that's crazy so um i have i'm gonna ask two subscriber questions and then jp will roll us out so yeah i like it um i'm gonna ask two like i said so rob fisher uh, oh, sorry. I'm gonna preface is this. It, real is quick. it Robbie? Yeah. Robbie Fisher, yeah. He's he's a legend on my channel, dude. Really? He's the is best. He... Oh, dude, I love how like it, it shows that people are so invested in their channel, and uh, and and this is clear, right? The second person to, to tell me that I've like, oh yeah, that person, I know them. Um, yeah, I know them. Like I know them. Like like we message a lot. Yeah. So Robbie Fisher asked uh, the weirdest weirdest fan interaction that you've had. Oh, dude, I got I've got like a couple good ones, mainly because I saw like people recognize me in public. And I was like, what? That was a weird. So one, the first time I got recognized in public was uh, I was shooting an event downtown. And I'm like, I'm the photographer at this huge event for real estate company. It was a giant event, rented out the whole uh, hotel and ballroom and everything. And I'm like, I'm like shooting the event like. And then some guy just walks up and goes, are you David Manning? And I went, 
thinking like it's a work like he know like he's like he needs me for i'm like yeah yeah like, like what's going on he's like i watch your channel and i went my youtube channel <laughs> what and he's like yeah like I, oh man like i love your stuff and it was just like the weirdest it was the weirdest moment to realize like that the numbers on the screen are people right like right. The, even the comments on like those are people that are writing these comments like it was like a real person in real life and then the second one uh the second awkward one there's been a couple other people that have recognized me and it was a great experience but the second awkward one was we were right out here like in our town square and we're walking like across we come up to a, a crosswalk like the intersection and there's a couple standing there at the at the light and they're trying to go this way on a walk sign and me and my wife and, and our dog and daughter we walk up and we tap the button and it immediately turns walk this way so we walk out into this end of the crosswalk and the guy yells hey man love your videos and I turn back and like we're in the we're leaving like I'm I have to finish I have to get across the street cars will come soon and I was like dude thanks so much and then kept walking and he's like and I like your music too because my wife's a country singer so clearly he like watches the channel enough to where he knows like he's he's looked up my wife and everything and and we were I was just like so thrown because I was in this moment of like if I was standing there I would have been like dude thanks so much like that's really awesome like you know is there do you have any questions I can help you with the photography or something but it was just like we were like leaving and then my wife was making fun of me all night she was like you were so awkward I was like I know I didn't know what to do we were leaving we were walking away when he said it it was in yeah. the middle of an intersection with the dog and child it's like yeah it, yeah, that's uh, it was great. Like, this isn't a comment section. What's going on here? <laughs> I know, totally. And the same thing is like it just like reminds you again, like oh, that's right. I'm not just talking to myself in the garage. Like I'm actually like people are gonna watch this. Yeah, yeah. And I think you just don't you don't think of that very often. No, that, Thank that you, Robbie. You're yeah, good question, man. I'm I'm gonna tag him on Instagram on Friday. Shit, he's great. At least the person that uh, was recognizing wasn't like, yeah, we just towed your car. That's yeah. why we know. <laughs> right. Well, that, and that's like that's what I was thinking of. Like was more that that kind of thing in my mind dude i've, I've uh, i'm gonna find robbie real quick um i've got so i'm gonna and sorry i didn't preface this by saying like if i say your name wrong it's not because i don't like you it's just because we're doing this live and i'm instagram yeah. names are tough yeah they're tough so js got the vel crows sorry um your your answer can be your your question is what camera settings do i have to be sure my images are clear and even zoomed even when zoomed in i feel like there's a lot of videos that cover similar concepts especially the 80 20 where i learned that you know as you zoom in um the f rating the iso and oh my god i did not learn enough um you're going to watch it again uh the main thing the main reason that people when they zoom in don't get a clear image it's not well one you might be too close to the thing so you're, fo you're, you're beyond your focal, your minimum focal distance. Um, what most people end up with is shaky hands. If they're taking photos, especially, uh, there's, there's kind of like the rule is your shutter speed should be double your focal length. So if I'm Shut shooting like a 200 millimeter lens, I better stay at one four hundredth or above so that just my holding it like this, this isn't shaky. Right. Uh, but if I stay above that, then we're, it's like, Here's, I had a video on it, but it's like this, right? This is a wide angle lens. And if I barely move my hand, this tip doesn't go up and down very much. But you can imagine if this was 10 feet long, 
and I moved my hand right here this much, the tip would have moved up like two feet. And if I moved it down this much, the tip would have moved down like two feet. It's the same idea with focal lengths is that if I'm on a wide angle, it's like having a very short thing where if I move my hands a little bit, you don't even see it in the photo. Like you, if I have a 16 millimeter lens and I'm shooting a very slow shutter speed, so the shutter's open for a long time, I could really slow that shutter. I could probably handhold like one tenth of a second and get a really clear image, like no problem. Uh, but if I'm at 200 or 400, it is very difficult. And it's the same idea. It's like if you're holding a really long pole, it's really tough to keep it from moving. And that's that's the answer to his question. Hey, real quick, Robbie has a YouTube channel, or he helps with a YouTube channel called Cocktail Time with Kevin Voss. And if you guys want cocktails, they're so freaking... Dude, this they go. crush it. Cocktail Big Time with Kevin on. Voss is a... I like them. Big shout out to Robbie. Big shout out to Big Robbie. Plug, big plug to the channel over there. Yeah, too. I'm gonna toss them in. So. The, I'm gonna toss them in the the show notes. They're good. They're so. and they make really like really impressive content and really good drinks. Oh, good. yeah, awesome. Well, um, we'll go ahead and roll this out. Typically, cool, what we do here, uh, just just so you know, is typically we we crack a beer or a seltzer. Now, I only have uh, Lacroix. Uh, we talked about this pre-show, um, but what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna crack these open this and we're gonna start crack, but... drinking. And while we're drinking, we want you to tell us where they can follow you. Where's your social? We can crack that beer that you have future, after. What we can expect from you. Oh yeah, yeah, great, great. Go ahead, so gentlemen. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna crack and then and then you, you let us know. Cheers. It's, cheers, boys. Drink, drink up. Uh, YouTube.com, David Banning Vlog. Uh, go to the merch store if you guys want to grab some merch. Be a good human merch. It was a thing set on the on the channel. Uh, wow, I really don't want to stop talking. This is great. I'm so impressed with you, gentlemen. Oh, was... Did you finish yours already? Yeah. All right. Well, that was it. JP's Instagram, David underscore Manning. You'll find. I'm I'm on the interwebs. You'll find me on there. And we're gonna link to everything. As That's well as great. Look forward to some great content that he said. I'm really looking forward to the uh, tour, the studio tour of the studio. Yeah. A lot of people. That's yeah. And really, like what I always try to do on the channel too is like with camera gear and photography in general. I'm always trying to like demystify it, and I feel like this will help to like demystify like people being like, "Whoa!" Um, yeah. It'll help people understand like I'm literally just in my garage, guys. But I'm very excited. It's gonna be a great. Video. I'm looking forward to as well. Um, I'm really excited about this new Sprinter van adventure that you're going on. Yeah. Because it's, A, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how you handle the wife, the two kids, and the dog. And mm -hmm. what camera gear does a guy with two kids and a dog and a wife bring in a Sprinter van? All of it. As much as All you can. And a Sprinter can hold a lot. As much as I'm allowed. All right. I'll put some cases up on top filled with camera gear. Yeah, well, awesome. hey. Thank you Looking for everyone who made it to this far. There will be at least one more follow-up. I'm so with, impressed uh, that people made it this far. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no, we we, we have pretty decent retention. It's easy to listen to, and and That's the great. people who are invested in you are also invested in the the, the concept. I hope so. I love it. I love it. Um, well, thanks to everyone who made it this far and who even started our podcast. It it means the world to us because we love to talk to amazing creators like David and tell the stories of how they got to YouTube. And I hopefully you learned something about him that you didn't know already. So um, 
I can't thank you enough, David. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. I look forward fun. to it. Yeah. We'll do it again once uh, you know, we hit like 500,000 or something. Which shouldn't be that far. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, everything's in the show notes and check out that merch because it really is a cool brand and concept to get behind. So, thanks guys. You guys yeah. rock. Hey guys, it's Mike. Thanks so much for listening today. We had so much fun recording this podcast and we can't wait for the next episode. Check out our Instagram channel to find out who the next guest is going to be and submit your questions so you can get featured on the show. While you're at it, why not subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch some of the podcasts that we have available. Thanks so much and we can't wait for the next episode.